know that you're not alone, that there's thousands of us across the country, and we'd love to connect in any way we can. Welcome to Changemakers, a podcast from APH. We're talking to people from around the world who are creating positive change in the lives of people who are blind or visually impaired. Here's your host. Welcome back to Changemakers, a podcast from American Printing House. I'm Jonathan Wall. Today we'll hear from Claire Stanley, the advocacy and outreach specialist at ACB, as they transition to helping their members virtually. But first, we're talking jobs with Joe Strecce. Joe currently works as a producer for streaming television and as a blindness consultant, but Joe spent much of his career working specifically on employment issues for people who are blind or visually impaired. Because COVID-19 has caused unemployment to skyrocket, we thought it would be a good time to talk about how to use your time at home to get job ready. Joe, thanks for being a part of Changemakers today. Uh, It's a great pleasure to be on the American Printing House for the Blinds uh, podcast. I really believe in what APH does and as an organization, and it's a really important time to provide employment advice and information to the individuals out there uh, with our current situation around uh, the COVID-19 virus. Yeah, thanks, Joe. And you are super well connected in our field. When you're talking with your friends, how is COVID-19 impacting job reliability for people who are blind and visually impaired right now? Yeah, I've been speaking to a lot of people who are blind or low vision around the United States uh, who've been impacted uh, by COVID-19 and and really the employment world and and our current market. Uh, Many people have been laid off, uh, furloughed. Uh, Other people were contractors and are not getting work. Uh, and they've been impacted where their employment's been eliminated or their hours have been reduced or they just don't know when they'll have work again. Um, and, and that's, that's a, a scary thing. I, I think people across the country uh, and around the world are really being impacted in this way. And, and it, for individuals who are blind or low vision, not just the, that employment side, the accessibility as well to some of the remote uh, employment or remote working, uh, whether systems are accessible and allowing them to do their work from home, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a big deal. For sure. And, and, you know, a lot of people are without a job and stuck at home and it, it's a super tough spot to be in. How can those people right now be using this time to prepare? Definitely. Uh, there are many ways people could be uh, preparing for employment, but also seeking uh, employment that is out there. Um, you know, first thing you have to know about yourself is really know where your, your skills lie. Uh, you know, not everyone can work remotely and uh, do it in an efficient manner, uh, depending on like full-time employment versus contract or part-time. Um, there's, there can be flexibility there, but working remotely means often uh, that you have good technology skills, unless you're doing some kind of, uh, uh, creative employment where you're uh, putting together some kind of product or uh, or some kind of uh, service, and, and most services at this point would have to be virtual. Uh, so those skills around technology become very important. The compensatory skills. So if if you have to be self-aware where your strengths and weaknesses are, so figuring out if your compensatory skills, like your typing skills, can uh, computer uh, processing, like uh, using Microsoft Office or or the Apple Suite or Google Suite, 
uh, you're able to use those in an efficient manner. And if not, really should be taking this time to work on those skills uh, and, and figure out how you can improve them. There are a lot of resources out there that offer assistance in, in typing. The American Printing House has their typing, uh, talking typer and such. Uh, and there are others out there, but uh, APHs is free. Uh, you could be downloading that and practicing your typing skills and getting them uh, up to par. But then also there are all kinds of uh, tutorials for Microsoft and, and other uh, softwares. Uh, knowing where your skill levels are in, in whatever you're doing, and and if and if you're in you have a certain level of education, there are a lot of online courses right now and uh, being offered, whether through universities or through uh, programs or certificate programs. Uh, thinking about bettering yourself in another way, um, I, I, I think this is a, a unique time, and and people have that time. Uh, you know, there is a lot to balance if you're a parent or family member and you have children and uh, you know the education system uh, and having to navigate teaching your child while accessing uh, remote learning with them and uh, and then also your everyday uh, pieces of life as well as you know sanitizing your hands and your home and products uh, throughout uh, and taking the time to figure out assess your, become more self-aware uh, about your skills uh, looking on, at to enhance your skills and improve your weaknesses. We all have strengths and weaknesses, and the more aware we are of them, the better off we are uh, for the future. Uh, it, it's definitely something that comes up in the employment process. You know, there are common interview questions asked, and often people ask about your strengths and weaknesses. Besides your strengths and weaknesses, uh, you can be uh, taking this time to to look at what your presence is like on social media. Uh, assess uh, what your presence is like uh, because you know when people are looking to hire someone uh, they are looking at your social social media presence and uh, uh, you know having someone look at your social media presence someone trusted out there who's a professional and who can give you realistic feedback on what you can improve uh, whether it's on LinkedIn Facebook or an, another form of social media Twitter uh, Instagram you know, uh, Instagram's a visual media become, it's become more accessible. It's not totally accessible, but it's come a long way. Um, but utilizing someone's assistance, visual assistance to look over those, uh, resources to see if, uh, uh, your social media is something that presents you in the right manner. And, and just like that, when you're corresponding with people, your email address, like I know I've been in the situation as a, as a, uh, when I was the bureau chief or bureau director in Pennsylvania or at the American Foundation for the Blind, I remember hiring interns and from a local university, these are seniors and juniors and uh, in college and uh, looking at email addresses like, uh, like Huggy Bear or uh, uh, something like that. And when I see email addresses like that, I, I, I pretty much dismiss that person. And I usually try to give them feedback on that, uh, that that's something that turns employers off. I know tons of um, uh, employers and uh, people in in the business world who say the same thing. If you see these like sexy man nineteen, uh, that's not appropriate. That's not something you want representing you. It doesn't set you up professionally very well. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You're right, Jonathan. 
in, in a blog you just recently wrote for us, and you alluded to it there, you talked about your personal brand. And I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you want people to see you professionally? Any other tips for using this time to really promote who you are and how you want to be seen professionally? Yeah, your personal brand is constantly changing. It, it's how you want to represent yourself to the world. Uh, we, you should be self-aware about your strengths and weaknesses, but you also have to be self-aware about your branding. Uh, what is your brand? And, and I think a great exercise is to write out what you believe your personal brand is and, and your professional brand, and then uh, asking others to, uh, to provide you with that information as well to see if it matches up. Um, similar to your, if you were measuring, kind of assessing your strengths and weaknesses, you might ask people about that. Your personal brand or professional brand, you would ask them to give them input, uh, give you input on what they believe your, your professional, personal or professional brand is. Uh, and, and then seeing how that meets up, but also looking at what you want it to be and how can you make your brand the, uh, this, this, this professional brand that, that really reflects what you want yourself to be seen as in the employment world. You know, I, I have a professional brand and it's changed over the years and, uh, and it's specific. And, and the more successful you are out in the world, uh, often the, the more room you get to be yourself. And depending on what kind of profession and, and career field you're going in, uh, there's, there's a lot more allowance uh, for, uh, I would say, I'm going to use the word deviancy, like differences and, and, and extreme differences uh, in, in your personal brand, in, in, in your social media than there was in the past, but it's still out there. And when you're starting at the bottom, like trying to get your foot in the door and in a new employment, you want to present uh, the best brand possible. And, uh, you know, I'm a person, an individual who has long hair. I have a a, like ponytail or long hair and a a beard. And, and, you know, when I was coming out of college uh, at East Carolina University, I was going to interview for these uh, for these opportunities with some major sports teams in uh, the New York metropolitan area and, and also a sports public relations and marketing firm. And the two days beforehand, I, I donated my hair. I cut my, I cut like 13 inches off and donated it. And uh, I had more, a much more uh, appropriate conservative cut, uh, not totally conservative, but, and I remember going into these interviews and uh, one of them with uh, the New Jersey devils, actually, uh, they, at the end of the interview, the the person I was wearing like a sport coat and pants that I bought for like ten or thirteen dollars that my twin brother helped me pick out at a secondhand thrift store, uh, and I was bending over to reach for something he the individual was handing me at the end of the interviews that went really well. We clicked, and all the I had met with executives and and department heads, and and uh, the the gentleman saw a a beaded necklace under my collar and. And he said to me, he's like, so I saw your necklace under your collar. Your, you know, your shirt was a little loose there and I could see your, you had this beaded necklace. You know, if I, if I had seen that right in the start of our interview, I pretty much would have taken your resume and thrown it in the trash, met with you for like 30 or 40 minutes and then uh, let you go on your way. Um, but, you know, I, I saw uh, who you are from our, our time together over these hours and and I, I really think uh, you'd be a great addition to the organization. But my, my message to you is it's not the 1960s anymore. 
And if you come in here with long hair uh, um, or like uh, so he, he was referencing like a, a uh, more less conservative, more liberal uh, look, uh, I would have dismissed you. And he didn't know that I cut my hair two days before and donated it. And uh, he's like, we have a military background. Our, my, our owner of our team has a military background. Our CEO has a military background. I have a military background. Uh, we're, we're a conservative organization. We use, uh, we wear uh, black suits, gray suits, uh, navy blue suits, very, very professional and conservative. And having long hair or a beaded necklace wouldn't fit our, uh, our brand for our organization. And, and that's not what we're looking to portray. So I would suggest that you walk out of here today. You have this opportunity. Uh, you can decide. And uh, you can, I, I suggest you uh, cut that necklace off and uh, never wear it again. And uh, I left that day thinking one little thing could turn someone off. And you never know what that, that little difference is. And if when you're starting at the bottom and, and you don't have that professional experience or you don't have your foot in the door and you don't have a proven track record, uh, that little thing can be a big thing. And, and you have to decide for yourself. I decided I, I took that neck, cut that necklace off right outside of the building, the arena, and uh, I didn't wear it again. But, uh, and I realized, but as my career grew, I was able to be a little more different and, and accepted for that. And, and times have changed as well, but uh, um, not every organization has. So you have to understand uh, what things about your brand uh, might not meet up with the organization you're applying with. And uh, that's something I've, I've learned. There are other times in my career where I've trimmed my hair down or uh, uh, done it in a different way or uh, uh, trimmed my beard down to a specific in a specific way to get a job or start a job to present the image that they, they were, uh, they're looking for. And then over time prove myself to the point where then it didn't, didn't really matter. And, uh, yeah, those are some lessons that we talk about in that blog post. And, but also, you know, those are life lessons and, and, and people have to decide what's best for them. Definitely. First impressions are huge. Um, but I do want to say for people who don't know Joe, he has great hair I was actually thinking about embracing <laughs> it the other day because I can't get to my barber and I don't know how long it'll be. So, you know, great cool. example, but we might all look like Joe Strache before this is over. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> With people being laid off right now, there are some industries and some jobs that are hiring more employees. So do you have any recommendations for people who are looking for work right now with the kinds of fields or kinds of jobs that they may be able to do that may be accessible that are currently hiring? Definitely. Uh, a lot of, uh, organizations that work in the health-related fields, uh, and not just as doctors, obviously, but the surrounding fields are, are hiring and, and, and have opportunities. And again, uh, some of that may involve actually being on site, but a, a number of some of the logistical side of things, um, wh whether you're working for a company that uh, is providing products that are necessary for the current time period, it might be logistics working from home over a computer and and you have to have those good skills, but uh, you know we have customer service like Amazon and all these shipping companies and other comp businesses that are, uh, and they're offering opportunities where you can work from home. Uh, what were call centers, and and a lot of them are moving more remote, and uh, so having that too, uh, people working in distribution centers, obviously uh, warehouses, uh, 
construction, essential construction, uh, as people are trying to meet the needs around uh, our medical situation and, and such. Um, progress in construction continues uh, in those realms. And uh, again, it has to be essential. But, you know, these are fields that have like really amped up in, in the entertainment world. Uh, certain uh, companies have really uh, ramped up their services and, and that involves some IT side things and some uh, people who have software and uh, cloud uh, cloud work around programming uh, might have more opportunities. Uh, people doing uh, educational technology uh, or, or that can do virtual technology, uh, online education, uh, all of those realms have uh, ramped up uh, opportunities and, and are really have been hiring. And uh, so these are, these are areas that you could look at and, and, uh, and, and you'll probably see lots of job postings around those businesses. But also as this comes to an end, uh, a lot of these companies and businesses that have had to lay off people are gonna be hiring people and not just rehiring people, but hiring new people because people are gonna move on to other businesses or change fields or, uh, you know, so there'll be a lot of opportunities out there once this, the time settles. Yeah, thanks, lots of good ideas, Joe. For people out there, you know, struggling right now, this I think the unknown is hard and not having a job in the mm. midst of this unknown makes it even harder. Just any words of encouragement right now? Definitely. I, I think, you know, being productive and really setting up your day, uh, like the employment process in our current time period, it's not like, uh, <laughs> I think I joked in a blog post about nine to five, like Dolly Parton. Uh, but it's it's really it's it's really about like making sure you're setting up your time, scheduling your time, and using it wisely. This is a, in a, in a lot of ways, this is a great opportunity for people to get their skills up and uh, become productive in a different way, and, and really focus on uh, what their brand is and what their resume is. Get their resume cleaned up. Get uh, their personal brand, like uh, not just their personal brand, but also their sales pitch. Their 30 second to two minute uh, elevator pitch. So you have the opportunity to get on the elevator with someone uh, who holds the keys to your dream job or the job you want. Uh, and it's, and it's say like uh, the state of Florida's Capitol building, which is 22 stories and it's a high rise capital. You're getting on at the ground floor and, and you're getting into that elevator and that person holds the keys to your, to your next job that you're interested in. And you have between that ground floor and 22nd floor to sell them on yourself, what your background is, what you could bring to that organization. And I also, at the end, I include my disability because, you know, uh, I think it was a 2011 study by the National Industries for the Blind where they asked uh, gatekeepers and human resources professionals and uh, specific to uh, hiring persons who are blind or, or low vision, what are your concerns about it? Uh, what, what are your thoughts about hiring someone who's blind or or low vision. And number one was, can they do the job? And how are they to do the job? Like, uh, so explaining how you do your work, whether it's using technology, including assistive technology, and talking about it in practical terms, uh, uh, like not technical terms. And, and then also, uh, you know, number two is how are they going to get to work? So talking about how you're going to get to work, uh, but also how you navigate using your white cane or dog, uh, you know, the employment process is really about creating trust 
And uh, you have that opportunity to practice all these skills, how to talk about it, how to help people trust you, but also create that, that relationship. You know, we're, we're living in a time when you can uh, reach out to mentors who are doing uh, work that you want to do, like reach out to them and talk to them, uh, role models and, and learn more and, and explore more and, and work on your skills. It's, it's, it's a great opportunity right now. You, you have that time where you can reach out and, and you can learn more and you can practice and talk to the people that are doing the work you want to do and find out how they got there. And we all have mentors. I have mentors who are successful people who are blind or low vision, but also I have mentors who are not uh, blind or low vision that uh, give me advice and employment and, and that are doing the work I want to do and, and help you with that path. So take, take advantage of this time, uh, but also be safe and, and, and stay healthy. You know, uh, it, you know, make sure you're, you're taking care of yourself and, and uh, staying physically fit, assessing your, your, your clothing as well to make sure that you're presenting an appropriate, appropriate uh, image when you show up, uh, dress, dress for success. Thanks, Joe. You've left us with a, a lot of things to think about. And for those of you wondering about the blog, I'll be sure to add that link in the show notes so you can check in on that. And Joe, I just want to, you know, thank you and let you know that on behalf of all of APH, we are grateful for your friendship and just everything you're doing for the field. So thank you for giving us your time and your expertise. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Jonathan. It's been a great pleasure and I wish everyone out there the best and, and I'll be thinking about everyone uh, during this time. And Thank you again. Next up, we're switching gears to talk with Claire Stanley from American Council for the Blind. She'll talk with us about how they're helping their members right now during this pandemic. Claire, thanks for joining us. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. There's so much going on in our community and our country right now, really across the world. How is ACB working to connect with its membership with everything that's happening? So ACB is trying very hard to continue to bring our community together because that's what we are. We're a community of members of people who are blind or visually impaired. So we're doing that in a few different ways. Um, the most obvious, I guess, for lack of a better word, is doing a lot of community events through Zoom, so kind of virtual hangouts, which has been a lot of fun. We realized that as we have to stay home and not physically interact with each other, we still want to interact with each other. So we've had a lot of fun Zoom meetings. Some are serious more topics based on how to get through this crisis, what services are available, but some that are just fun and silly. Um, our executive director and our president had one a couple weekends ago about baseball because they love baseball. Um, so some just like fun, you know, lighthearted get together and talk about our interests. So love kind it. of the whole spectrum of just spending time together. Yeah. And then, of course, um, for those of us who work on the advocacy side, because that's that's my job title. So we always like to bring up that we're also working toward advocating for the rights of people who are blind during the COVID crisis. So if anything that comes up uh, government-wise or services-wise that's gonna negatively impact those of us who are blind, we're making sure that we're taking actions to make sure our voice is out there. And if something happens, we say, wait a minute, don't do that, or please change this. So uh, that's also something we're working hard on. If there's someone out there listening who's saying, hey, I have a right that's being affected by this should they reach out to you to get to get help in that area yes most definitely please that's what we're here for we're here to advocate on 
uh, behalf of people who are blind and visually impaired. So we always tell people you can email us at advocacy at acb.org, or you can always call us at our um, national office at 202-467-5081. Perfect. Now you mentioned those virtual hangouts. I know for a lot of people, myself included, Part of what's hard about this is just feeling that isolation at home, not being able to go anywhere. What's the response been? Are people enjoying just, even though it's virtual, just getting to hang out and and talk and feel human again? Yes, people are loving it. We have gotten such great feedback from people. Um, Again, it's not the same as being physically in the room together, but it's the next best thing. And people are having so much fun and people keep saying more, more, we want more. So um, it's, it's been a great positive feedback from people. Awesome. Speaking of in the room together, you know, I think we're all looking forward to ACB this year. And I know you all had to make the tough decision to make that a virtual conference with everything happening. How is that going to move forward? What should people know about the conference this year? Yep. So we will be going virtually, which was such a hard decision, but we ultimately knew it was the right decision um, because we want to make sure that everybody in our community is safe and healthy. Um, But we are going to do our best to make it just like every other convention, obviously that interaction together will be missing, but otherwise we're trying to bring together all the same um, speakers that usually would come. We'll still have general session every day. Um, We'll still have our affiliate groups doing their own afternoon breakouts. A lot of the same fun um, evening events will still be going on. We'll still have our auction. We'll still have our, our like talent show that we usually have. So a lot of the same kinds of things, um, just being virtually. So we're, we're working our hardest to make sure that almost everything is just like it usually is. For those of us who are planning to attend, will those virtual updates just come via email? Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Janet Dickelman, our, uh, our convention planner, is working really hard to, to get, out, get all the information out there for everybody. Thanks, Claire. For anyone who's just struggling, you know, with all of this change and all the unexpected things happening. Do you, from ACB's perspective, any just words of encouragement for, for your membership or people listening today? For sure. Um, you know, we just want people to know that we're there for them. Again, we are first and foremost, a community, um, of, of members. So if you guys need anything, if you want to meet other people in your region, um, you know, maybe you're a woman and you want to talk to another woman. If you're from California and you want to talk to another Californian um, or other things like that, please reach out to our membership coordinator, Cindy Van Winkle. And we're really trying hard to just connect people because we get it. It's a time where community is more important than ever. So just know that you're not alone, that there's thousands of us across the country and we'd love to connect in any way we can. Thanks, Claire. We at APH are very grateful for ACB's friendship and just for everything you're doing for our field. So we appreciate your time and wish you the best of luck moving forward with the conference. Definitely. Thank you so much. And that's it for today's episode. If you have any questions for APH, be sure to drop us a note at communications at APH.org. We'll answer what we can on our next episode. In the meantime, don't forget to look for ways that you can be a change maker this week. Coming up on the next episode of Changemakers, another important roundtable discussion. With all the summer conferences in our field going virtual, what's the best way to stay connected and work together? That's a question we'll tackle next Thursday.